everyone. Good morning. Welcome to the Teach Better Today morning show where the Teach Better team gets to join you live every single morning, Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. Eastern. We are currently streaming on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and LinkedIn. But of course, we also will make this an episode of Teach Better Talk podcast. Friends, we have the the master of all with us today, the one and only Chad Urshowski. I'm so excited that he gets to be here. We are talking a topic that a lot of you have been asking about, and we actually think that we're not going to be able to fit it all in one episode, so stick with us. We have a ton for you. Share in the comments where you're listening from and how your coffee is doing this morning. We'll be right back. morning. Thanks for tuning in to the Teach Better Today morning show. My name is Ray Hewer, and I have the one, the only, Chad Urshowski with me, Mr. CEO, co-founder of all things Teach Better. Hey, Chad. How you doing, Ray? I love being live with you. We never get to do this ever, ever. I feel like we get to do it like twice a year, and like this is one of them. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't happen enough for sure. So it's always exciting. It's always exciting when this gets to happen. Or when you're live, I'm not. Like it's it's not that you're not live right. often. We're just no one ever agrees to put us together. <laughs> same, and same goes like in person, right? If you're somewhere, it's because I'm not there, right. and if I'm somewhere, it's because you're not there. So it's okay. It's all right. Well, I I know all of you know Chad because he is literally the reason the Teach Better family exists. But maybe you're new to the Teach Better family. Want to give a special shout out again to those new ambassadors that just joined our family. We also have a new grid cohort certification crew that we're celebrating. And because it's just the new year, we saw a lot of educators come into the Teach Better family just to better enhance their networking, their free resource access, all that good stuff. So Chad, let's pretend that no one's ever met you before. They don't know you're the co-founder and CEO of the team. They they literally have never seen your, your beautiful, beautiful face. Who are you? What do you do in education? I pretend that all the time because most of the time, sometimes it's true. Uh, but uh, I'm Chad Ostrowski. I'm the CEO and co-founder of the Teach Better team. Um, and I created this crazy thing called the grid method almost 10 years ago now in my own middle level classroom. I got together with the, uh, amazing Jeff Gargas and then Ray Hubert, and we created the teach better team and fast forward 10 years. And we get to work with schools and districts across the country and see amazing things just about everywhere and do fun things like this. So, um, I'm excited to, to, to talk about some of these things today and I'm excited to, uh, introduce myself if you've never heard of me before. So that's good. Yeah, friends, we know you have probably heard about the grid method. You're going to hear about it a bunch because Chad and I literally can't help ourselves but talk shop when we <laughs> get to be together, whether it's on the phone, at a training, or at you know something like this live with all of you. So if you're not familiar, feel free to head over to teachbetter.com slash the grid method. There are endless courses, resources, support, if you can't find something, direct message me. I probably have it. Like we're we're here to make yeah. your dreams come true. Whether you are looking to just like 
dip your toe in the water or go all out. But um, Chad, obviously this community is super, super comfortable with the grid method. Believe it or not, I want to ask you about a completely different topic if you're game. <laughs> I'm game. Let's do it. Is it is it rare that somebody picks your brain about things not related to the grid method? I mean, I feel like the entire country, the entire, you know, like educational ecosystem that exists in this world wants to talk mastery learning with you. Is it like, are you comfortable even discussing other things? Like, I don't know. I am. Well, see, it's sort of like a cheat code because the grid method has so many things built into it that like all the time people are like, yeah, I know you do the mastery learning thing, but like, how should I fix my grade book? Or I know you do the mastery learning thing, but like, how do I do better classroom management or fill in the blank with pedagogical instructional thing here? Um, so I'm definitely comfortable with it. Um, it's definitely in our wheelhouse. Um, as I know, it's in yours. So I'm excited to have uh, this conversation. So you can shoot whenever you're ready and uh, we'll go from there. Okay, so the reason I want to throw this idea at you is because we have internally of the Teach Better team been having a lot of discussions around the use of AI and not only the use of AI in schools, but even just our own incorporation of teaching yeah. teachers how to use AI to best support them, right? Like I always joke with educators. I'm not here to teach you everything about AI, but if I'm in a workshop setting and I can show you something to make you more efficient, effective, um, use your brain as an educator rather than just a content producer, we've been having a lot of conversations about that in general. So tell me a little bit about um, what AI is, why is this something that even the Teach Better team is exploring on how to utilize to support teachers, and why should teachers be considering taking the plunge and seeing what it's all about. Yeah, absolutely. So AI has been around for a minute, but it's still pretty brand spanking new, right? Artificial intelligence or AI is essentially machine created content, uh, or at least that's what AI does. And I think there's a huge shift here because if you, if you go back like five or eight years or even 10 years, Google was the big, I need help with something, I'm going to Google it, right? And the limitation of Google was always, you were finding something that already existed. You were finding something that was already created. You were finding something by searching on teachers pay teachers or something that like, you were like seeking out things that had already been made. And then you were either taking and using them or modifying them or doing something along those lines. Well, until recently with the advent of AI, things like ChatGPT and, and other resources, Google Bard, nothing was able to do what humans do, which is create things that didn't exist before you created them. Like that was exclusively a human thing. We could take all these things from Google, use our own ideas, and then to create our own lesson or our own questions, or our own assessment, or our own grocery list from what we have in our fridge, whatever it was. Well, this is the first time in history that machines are able to do what no one thought they'd ever be able to do, which is create things. And so at its basic level, I think I'd like to start the conversation with just like what a huge shift that is. Because now, these algorithms, these servers, these computers, these machines can actually create new things 
that didn't exist before we input our props or questions for them. So there is literally a never ending conversation we could have on just that concept. Absolutely. So for those and of you, people are. <laughs> yeah. So for those of you listening, like if that's too much, like pause here, let's keep having that conversation either in the chat with one another, go pop in our Facebook group. That's a really safe space to like ask those silly feeling questions, even though trust me, I'm the first one to ask the dumb question. So you'll only be like the second or third. Um, feel free to use that space. Chad, what I want to note, because this is just the reality of what I'm hearing and what I what I have felt slash currently feel on occasion is the fear that comes <laughs> with what you just shared. Like, holy right. cow, this isn't just a concept I need to understand, but yikes, like that makes me feel a certain kind of way. Yeah, that's legit. That's not uh, a joke. Like this does give you the kind of willies and the chills of like, Terminator Skynet vibes and things like that, right? Like, like this is sort of scary because now we have to start asking follow-up questions. Like if someone created something, where did it come from now? Well, um, it, now plagiarism has always been a thing, uh, but like this fear of like, what does this mean is a huge question. But here's something I've said to a lot of educators, whether it was in keynotes or them working on grids or grading or assessment in a workshop. When I have educators that are apprehensive or fearful, I always say basically the same thing. And that is we are at a pivotal shift in technology and its application to help ourselves as humans, right? We are at a pivotal shift. And what I often say is, this is not the first shift that has ever happened. Someone bought a bunch of horses the day the car was invented, okay? I, this is what I'm going to say. Like, when Henry Ford invented the Model T in, like, the early 1900s or the late 1800s, whatever it was, someone the day that happened invested a buttload of money into horses. And they bet that that newfangled car idea was never going to take off. It was just going to be a fad. I don't think it's going to work. So I'm going to put my money on the horses. Well, that person lost that bet big time. And so when teachers are like, oh no, I'm scared. Or anyone is like, I'm not touching AI. It's just a fad. I'm not going to touch it. Don't be the person buying horses the day the car is invented. That's all I'm going to say. Like you are betting on a losing proposition that AI is not going to start to take everything uh, like in a good way, like be integrated into every facet of your life. So the longer you wait to take some of these baby steps or just even learning about it, I'm not even saying you have to fully integrate it into your life, but just to make yourself aware of it, the longer you wait to take those first steps, the further behind you're going to be when you decide to get on the train, right? So like, that's usually what I say when people are like, I'm scared. I'm like, I know it's scary. At least learn a little bit about it. Because if you don't start, you're just going to get further behind. Ugh, Chad, sometimes I ask you questions and in the back of my mind, I'm like, 
oh, I really hope we agree on this or I'm about to duke it out live live on the Today Show with him. Sometimes that's fun too, though. Um, that is fun. That is fun. And I am not against it. If you say anything I disagree with, I'm, I'm jumping in. But I just want you to know I couldn't agree more. I love the connection there that you just made between betting on the old resource being uh, the one that wins over something that is is simply put point blank revolutionary to the world that we're living in right now. But I love that your focus is don't, it doesn't, we're not telling you right now that this has to change your world starting tomorrow, but just don't choose to ignore it. Choose to, to dip your toes in a bit. And that's kind of why we wanted to do this, this show together, not only today, but I think we're going to have to make a few others, but looking at, okay, educators, you might be uncomfortable. You might be fearful. There might be a lot thrown at you. I've known a lot of districts that are doing like training on AI support platforms. And oh my gosh, it's just like, it's inundating. Like this is what happens when new stuff comes and it's overwhelming. So how can the teach better team show all of you, our family members, where you can easily get started to know that you're not just incorporating all this fluffy stuff, but the stuff that we know is good for students, research supported, data, data driven, how can we make that stuff easier to just make you more efficient and effective? And I think that's kind of our goal here in this conversation, at least at least for today, right? Yeah, absolutely. Just don't don't ignore that it exists and expect the world to do the same. And I, I think we do this a lot. We see this a ton with like districts, like larger scale districts we work with, where there'll always be like this pocket of teachers that's like, I'm just going to wait until this whole thing's over and then uh, and then I'll just be okay. And then what tends to happen is you're two years or three years into like a big strategic plan or a big shift and you go, oh my gosh, I haven't done any of this work. I haven't, I have no idea what's going on. And now you're rushing to catch up. And the other universal truth in education is whether we want to use this or not is up to us, but our students already are. So we either deal with that or we are the victims of it. It's one of the two. You either buy into it and learn as much as you can or as a little bit about it now so that you're aware of it, or you're going to have to deal with the consequences of that in uh, lack of knowledge. So one thing that we wanted to start with today as we kind of transition into our team talk section, which you know is a part of our show, every single show where we try and give you some food for thought, some things to consider. Hopefully you've already gotten some of that already, but we want to talk about how AI can allow you to be more efficient, more effective. So you yourself can start to see the benefits of it versus only seeing the fears and the what ifs and how will we handle. Instead, let's talk about how AI can support you and your teaching practices to just continue to get you away from the front of the room, away from being the content delivery system, and really start looking at how you actually can get more time and be more efficient in using that time to build relationships with students by using AI. We'll be right back.
everyone. Thanks for sticking with us. We're here at the Teach Better Morning Show, where we're looking at how Teach Better can support you by dipping your toe in AI. Chad, I want to throw at you the one area that I think we have the time to focus on today, which is how to use AI for planning and kind of look at how educators can maybe be more efficient and effective with their lesson planning, with their planning for the classroom by leaning on AI. And um, hopefully this can just get us started in this conversation. Then we'll continue it as we obviously grow and develop and also in future shows if if we have the time to be together again. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I love how you kind of framed the use of AI as like a timekeeper, like a time saver. And I think honestly, that's one of the most effective and efficient uses of AI. Um, for, for me, a lot of the time when we are working with teachers, we're doing things like prioritizing or unpacking standards, creating learning targets, writing really good questions at a certain DOK level. And this is all work that you either stole from someone else five or 10 years ago or had to do yourself, right? But now, and, and you can even test this, you can go to Google uh, and literally search ChatGPT or Google Bard, like literally find any AI chatbot and you can, you can literally type into that, write, paste a standard into it and say, write four learning targets at DOK level two about this standard. And it will spit out a pretty good idea of what those targets should or might be. Now, the caveat I want to give here when we're using AI with planning is that you're still the expert. Um, AI does not fact check itself. AI is not making sure that the DOK level is appropriate. It usually does, I'm going to be honest, a pretty good job. Like it's really impressed me after as I've played with it and used it in trainings and workshops that we're providing. But like I always tell teachers, you are still the expert. So most of the time when you're doing planning, you get like the Sunday scaries feeling and you're like, I just don't know what I'm going to do with my kids tomorrow. Or I don't know what five questions I should ask them on this quiz. Or I don't like, and you're staring at a blank Google doc and you're just blank because you're exhausted from the week. You're just not in work mode yet. Like whatever the reason is, that moment in my opinion is like the perfect time for you to open up chat GPT or Google Bard or a ch open AI chat or of some sort, one of those resources. And you don't even have to have all those resources. Just play around, find one you like and just have it available to you if you need it. Right. Um, yeah. Choose, choose a free one. Do right. not put right, money into right. it. Choose a free one. And if you're not sure which one's best for you, just please direct message Chad and I, we will listen to, what your circumstances and give you some suggestions. There are so many out there. We don't want you to be overwhelmed by choosing a platform. They're more or less, at least if you're just giving it prompts, they're more or less all the same. Where they start getting different is when we start to look at what might be already curated for you before you put in those prompts. So again, don't be overwhelmed by the platform. Many of us on the team start with like, chat GPT, just because it's the most well-known one, but we know many of you have explored getting certified in, you know, magic school or anything else. And, and those programs are all great. So don't let the program beat you down. 
Yeah, don't, don't find what works for you just to kind of dip your toe in the water. And it, just like anything else, you will go from afraid to amazed within the first five seconds of playing in the sandbox of AI. Like, I promise, and I'm, I would bet anybody watching this right now, if you find one AI chatbot and ask them anything, ask them a non-school related question. Go, I have these five things in my fridge. What are four recipes I can do tonight for dinner? Like, it'll spit out some ideas and you're going to look at it and you're going to go, you know what? Like, I think I can do that tonight. I might hate the other three, but I'm going to find something that can work. And that's what I mean when like, remember that you're the expert. I actually use AI personally a lot as like a brainstorming tool. So I'll be like, what am I going to do to show this concept? Or what are some activities I can do around this idea? Or what are five questions I can ask an audience to convey these things or whatever that is. And it'll spit out 10 ideas if I ask it to, five ideas if I ask it to. And I'm not going to take all five of those or 10 of those ideas because I only need one or two. But I am now not staring at a blank Google Doc or Google Slide. I'm looking at ideas and conversing with the, the AI to help myself prompt those ideas in which one I'm going to use. And I think that really is where the first step for like planning with AI can be started. Like, hey, what are five lesson ideas to teach concept X, Y, or Z, right? It's going to give you five ideas. You don't have to use all of them, but maybe that's enough for you to get out of your funk or your like, and then get into your work stage or your planning stage for that week or that day or what have you. Yeah, Chad, to summarize, because I really want educators to, to challenge themselves to do this today. If you have 30 seconds today, this is how we'd love to challenge you to try and use your day. I know it's January 19th. There's a lot going yes. on. But if you find, when you find 30 seconds, pull up any AI tool. I'm just going to throw out ChatGPT. And I want you to ask a question as if I just paid or Chad just paid to give you a personal assistant. You, you forever have this personal assistant. They are completely paid for. They are for you and you only. Um, and you can ask and brainstorm anything with them. The second thing I want to highlight, though, and Chad, you mentioned this in, in so much of what you've shared in examples, is your job then as the expert is to also give the AI feedback. Some of the first few things I do with educators as we're dabbling with this is have it template an email where you give you know, a little bit of the scenario of the student that maybe you're trying to email the parent about an issue you had in class. The next step is then to give feedback. Tell the AI resource, ugh, I need to, this email to have more personality. I'm a funny teacher. Or, ugh, I really wish this was written in a pirate voice because today's National Pirate Day. You know, like, don't, like, give yourself permission to, like, <laughs> scold the personal assistant like ugh, this would be really better if it was only 10 sentences and not four paragraphs and give it that feedback and allow it to give you then new resources i think this is gonna those two things those two challenges of treating it like an assistant and giving it feedback when it gives you an answer is going to allow you to to find that playfulness that you can try out with ai i think that's actually a really great kind of lesson too about AI in its current state. And at least in, for things like Google Bard and ChatGPT, they're chat-based AI. So you're holding a conversation 
And then you can save that conversation for later if you want to go back and look at it. But like, if you want something new, you have to start a new thread or a new conversation with the best. So when you are starting, and this is just for if you've never done this before, just because that's what we're prompting you to do is explore this. When you put something in, it's going to spit something out. And then if you tell it something else, it's referring to the work that it's already done. So to Ray's point, if you're like, I need five lessons uh, to teach about biodiversity for a high school biology class, it's going to give you five lessons. You might then prompt, can you make them more hands-on? So then it's going to take the five lessons it gave you and go, I'm going to make these more hands-on. So it's you're refining every single time you prompt it with something else until you prompt it to start a new conversation. So you can make something better as it goes. And the hope is that like it gets to a place where I, I call it like the copy and paste stage where it gets to a place where you can copy and paste it and use it. And then when you get to the final draft, you're now entering yourself into the equation and going, let me tinker with this. Let me adjust here. Let me fix this. And we're off to the races. Yeah, I love that. I love like my initial prompts now if I'm if I'm doing any sort of lesson planning with teachers is using the standard below comma and then I literally will copy and paste whatever the like ugly worded standard is at the bottom and then I'll continue the sentence saying create xyz and then if I want it to have any sort of restrictions or precautions add another sentence considering da, 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 maybe there needs to be something related to proficiency scales or, or whatever, but feel free to do that. As you get started, you're going to start seeing some of those habits become helpful to you. Um, but I think that, you know, this is, this is all really good to just start dabbling. Um, Chad, I know we've talked through a lot of information and we're way over time, but I'm hoping that people can at least begin to see, to see the playfulness. Like, I myself, as a, you know, mean old sixth grade math teacher, I hated creating uh, like bell ringers. Like that was something I always struggled with because I really wanted them to be engaging and I wanted students to like have the right mindset coming into the classroom. But after like September, I was out of those fun, funky, like this or that questions or whatever. Like this is the perfect spot, like my, like my personal assistant to be able to be like, dude, I just need 20 interesting thing, interesting questions that I can ask a 12 year old adolescent living in Illinois who is coming to my class for math. Like I just need <laughs> something to get started. So yeah. this hopefully will give people a lot to think about. Yeah. I, I, the number one thing I think we both see when we're training is like getting them over the hump of starting. Yeah. Whether it, no matter what the work is, making a grid, uh, identifying DOK level, creating learning targets, unpacking a stand, like this is your thought partner when you're in your own head that no one else has to really even know about if you don't want them to. So like, this is one of those things like this can get you started. It can put something on the page to start the process. And, and that's something that I think every teacher needs because we're tired at the end of the day. Uh, we're exhausted with all the things we have to do. So if we can save 10 to 15 minutes for every task, just mulling over ideas, uh, like build that over a year and you're going to get a ton of time back. So overcome that fear, um, start getting curious instead, and that will pay you back in dividends, especially in the uh, concepts of uh, AI. 
So fun. Chad and I, uh, Chad, this was so fun, but I, we're going to have to do another episode of this. I'd really love to get into how to use AI to, you, you mentioned targets. I think we want, I want to talk about that more. I want to talk about creating those mastery questions because that was always an area I got marked down in my evaluation is not having enough in-depth questions. I'd love to help our community here create those mastery questions. And I know you've even mentioned using AI to build a grid. I'd love to kind of look at what are the most challenging parts of building a grid and talk yeah. about how AI can do like 80% of the hard stuff for us. So we can, again, keep using our expertise to, to have the personalization. So in a future episode, I want you to commit right now. We're going to do that. Yes. You got me. Awesome. Good. All right. For everyone, we hope you have an amazing day. If you take on this challenge, please, please, please feel free to reach out to Chad and I at any point. We're always accessible for you to brainstorm or even just celebrate your wins. And this is a great topic to bring to our private Facebook group over at teachbettergroup.com to ask those questions and be curious, see what people are doing. So we hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and we'll see you soon. Bye friends. Hey, Teach Better community. Thank you so much for joining the Teach Better Today morning show every single weekday at 7 a.m. Eastern. We have so many resources for you outside of this live stream at teachbetter.com, including blogs, podcasts, and professional development that will bring our team to your school. Wherever you are listening from this morning, please make sure you are sharing and celebrating the incredible educators in this world. And hey, if you are listening over on a podcast to Teach Better Talk, we would love a five-star review. <laughs> the comments are always so entertaining. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow. Okay.